We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. It is the, what is today, Thursday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast. Uh, Jeff, you are not allowed to trade out that hat for a while. I had a phenomenal night last night. I think I went four and, and I had a good night. Mine wasn't phenomenal because uh, I went against you and, and took Texas laying the three. You have the Texas Tech money line and Mac McClung uh, is your favorite player in the country right now. Today. Oh, he, he might be, right? man. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the recap in a second, but we got we to gotta talk about this Mac McClung show because that was so much fun. For people that didn't see it, in the final minute 20 of the game, uh, first and foremost, Texas Tech was down by like 15 in the second half at Texas, came back and won. Uh, with a minute 20 left, Mac McClung tried to throw himself a pass off of the backboard <laughs> and dunk it over Jericho Sims. Uh, had Got thrown to the ground, but drew a foul. Um, and if you haven't seen Mac McClung, uh, YouTube Mac McClung, you might get some high school uh, highlights, and you can see Mac McClung trying to throw the ball off the backboard uh, to himself for a dunk. He's done that before in high school. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's like this six one kid from Southwest Virginia who has ridiculous hops. But anyway, um, then like he came back, just like me. Then he came back on the next possession, comes down. In one of the worst offensive possessions I've ever seen in my life, where he just dribbles the ball for about 10 seconds, nobody else moves, and then he jacks up a contested long two with his toe on the line and hits it, puts uh, puts Texas Tech up, completes the comeback. Uh, then in the postgame interview, Fran Fischilla is trying to ask him a question live on the ESPN, and he's like, Fran, I respect you, man, but I got to get out of here. I got to go celebrate with my teammates. You're the man. Tosses off the headset and runs away. You're the man, oh. Fran, but I got to go celebrate with my teammates, so I'm out of here. And, uh, oh, man, it was It's so funny because, like, Mac McClung off the court is, like, so endearing. Like, he's such a good kid. You could see it on the court. He, like, drives me fucking crazy. Because And he's been better. Listen, the last few weeks, he has definitely been better. And I talked to Beard about it um, the other day. And he said, like, we're working with him. Uh, he's gotten better in his turnovers and his decision-making. You can see it. It's it's definitely, as I tweeted a month ago, and Georgetown fans went crazy on me. I said, like, Texas Tech, Mac McClung, way better than Georgetown Mac McClung. Because Beard is coaching him up. And Beard, what Beard doesn't want to do is take away what makes Mac McClung special, which is the ability to make a shot like that. So he needs a guy like that. Um, 
I mean, we said this in the preseason, Jeff. Both of us made this point. Like, this was the perfect marriage because the things that Mac McClung does well are the exact things that Texas Tech was missing. The things that Mac McClung does terribly are the exact things that Chris Beard demands of everybody in his program and everybody on his roster to be able to get on the court. So as long as, like, Mac buys in and, like, if you're transferring to Texas Tech to play for Chris Beard, I'm just assuming that you're probably going to buy in. So as long as that happens – He's going to lift up Texas Tech. The program, Chris Beard, is going to lift him up. Like it's to me, that was the perfect marriage. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and one last thing on that, can I just can I just say that like moments like that are what makes college basketball such an awesome sport to me. Like where where else do you get this guy that is a YouTube sensation that transferred out of a program from Southwest Virginia to Lubbock, Texas, is now coming out here, trying to throw the ball off the backboard to himself, hitting game winners, and then just completely blowing off one of the best ESPN commentators that there are to go and celebrate with this. Like it's just moments like that are what makes college basketball so ridiculous and so much fun and so endearing. I, I, I love by the way, I loved every moment of that last night. It was awesome. By the way, just so you know, I, I do have a hard out today um, in about 20 minutes because I, I've got a um, appointment, a Zoom call with um, Air District Court for a ticket that I got about <laughs> um, a year ago. Let me see. What, what's the date of this? I don't know. It was pushed back. $255 ticket for uh, texting while driving. I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to win this thing, Rob. I never text while I drive, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> I got a I got a speeding ticket this summer, and uh, we were driving up to upstate New York to one of the one of the uh, the chasms up there. I can I can't remember what it's called, but um, I was going like not, I was going ninety one to sixty five, and the guy pulled me over. He goes, "You know what I pulled you over for?" I was like, "I got a pretty good guess." Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did he give you a break or no? No break. Um, yeah, like so they he was like, We're gonna give you a ticket, but I'm gonna give you seventy five for sixty five because I don't wanna come back to court. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, so please just like send because he saw that the my plates were from Jersey. So he's like, so please just like send this in by mail. I'm I'm giving you a break. You're you're saving a bunch of money. You're not gonna get points on your license, but just don't I'm make me come back to court. Rob, I'm just hoping he doesn't show up, but it's like you're on Zoom now. Like he's probably yeah, going to show, show up. Now. What else is he doing today, man? Oh, can... how, does, how do they remember? That, that's my take on all this. Like, like I got lost. I remember it pretty well. I got lost and I was looking at my phone. Um, I veered off the highway and I was looking at my phone because I was looking at the GPS and my GPS on my in my car sucks. So like he may get me for that and they may they may with you know keep it, but whatever, whatever. Hopefully, maybe maybe he won't show up. Maybe he'll he'll be out and about or something. All right, anyway. so let's talk about tonight's slate. Um, the big game, the one that I think I have the best feel on, is uh, is Indiana Purdue. And and just so people know, like when we say we have a good feel on something, uh, I think we're like four and zero on games. Well, last night, really if you were listening game. yesterday to us, you saw how giddy we were about Sharif Cooper <laughs> Tigers, and it was like the combination, right? Like it was the perfect storm. I've made it clear on this over and over and over how much I think Georgia stinks, stinks. Mm -hmm. And then they get Auburn and Sharif Cooper's back and he's terrific. He is, I mean, obviously there, there is some warts there in terms of taking care of the ball and all that, but I'll, I'll take all those and it can, he doesn't really guard, but who cares? He could score. He could pass. He makes them a lot more uh, exciting. He makes them a team that, honestly, if they had had him from day one, Rob, 
They're probably an NCAA tournament team. They're and, going to be an NCAA tournament team regardless because when you add a player like that, like it's, it has to be taken into account. It has to be. Honestly, like, they're probably going to win enough games. Like Maybe I'm just overreacting to his performances, but my guess is they're probably going to win enough games where they'll be able to put themselves at the very least in the bubble conversation. They have no bad losses. If they can get – if they if they go like 13-5 and five the rest of the way, something like that. Like that's, I, I just think that's hard to, to imagine, even though the SEC, as I've said, isn't very good. I don't know if they're going to be able to reel off that. The other part is if you're the NCAA, are you taking it into account because the kid was suspended? Like you suspended him. You basically yes. said, all right, well, that that's the key. That ultimately, this isn't an injury. This is, you know, a, a suspension that was never but, but put it, out there. Was was it a suspension or was it he was being held out and not not being given eligibility? Because there's a big way, difference between the NCAA not making a decision yeah. on his eligibility and the NCAA saying he's suspended. If he was suspended for impermissible benefit or like whatever the NCAA decides they want to suspend yeah, someone no, for, that that's a very different conversation than the NCAA saying, "Hey, we just haven't gotten to your case yet, so you can't play." You know it what I mean? They haven't gotten to it. It was that the father wasn't cooperating. That okay. was a big thing. They weren't giving him everything. So I, I think more than anything, it, 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 it's still. It, it doesn't go in the same bucket as Sharif Cooper uh, had a, you know, partially torn whatever and came back. Like, I don't know how they're going to look at it, but it'll be interesting. I don't know how they're going to do anything in the, the COVID era. Before we get into that, I do just want to ask you, like, where do you stand on Sharif as a pro? Where do you stand on him moving forward? Because I think, I think he's different from other guards that we've seen in the past that have, and I know it's like small sample sizes, but he's averaging 27 points and, um, and 10 and a half assists. Right. So other guys that we've seen put up similar numbers like John Morant and Trey young, the difference between Sharif and those guys is that they had two elite skills, Trey young, elite passer, elite shooter, John Morant, elite passer. One of the best athletes that you're going to be able to find like at, at and a good enough shooter. Yes. Sharif Cooper is an elite passer. What is that other elite skill that will make up for the fact that he is as small as he is? So I guess the other elite skill that I would say, Rob, is that um, he's able to get to the – he's quick. Um, he, he's not a, an unbelievable athlete. He's not an unbelievable shooter, which is why he's not going to go number two like John Morant or number five like Trey Young. Like – Maybe he can go in the second round, I think, at the end of the day. Maybe – I mean, maybe he's a late first-rounder. I don't know. I mean I, – I think he's probably more than that just because yeah. you can see the um, the production. Like, you just can't overlook 27 and 10, right? And and that's assuming that this continues. There's no guarantee that that continues. But um, his change of pace stuff is so impressive. Like, he can go from yeah. a kind of, like, slow walk up the court to, oh, my God, he's by you in, like, one step, which is not I think who he uh, is. easy to do. Like, who is he like? I got to think it, about that. I'm going to think it, about it's that. It's tough, man. And, with, and without having that that elite shooting ability to force defenses in the NBA to come out and play you, I don't know if that's going to work. Like, um, he's very, very intriguing as a player simply because of the production. Um, I uh, Look, this is kind of stating the obvious. We got to see more. Um, we got to see more against elite-level competition. It's very hard to judge somebody against a Georgia team that doesn't want to guard at all and an Alabama team that had no uh, no way to prepare for him because they didn't even know that he was going to play until day of. So um, I, I want to see more. But, like, he's really intriguing, man. Like, guys that can pass like that, guys that can create like that, is it's 
that's an elite skill. By the Not way, a lot of people can do that. By the way, I'm just reading the, the chat here a little bit. And uh, San Fran uh, 30 was Texas really deserving of the top four ranking before this game? Yeah, they were. They were. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, their only loss was to Villanova. They, in case you missed it, they went into to Lawrence and beat Kansas by about a hundred. Um, and then they went in to Morgantown and beat West Virginia. And those are two top 15-ish teams, however you want to cut it. So, yeah, they were definitely deserving of a top four ranking before this game. And to be honest, they had this game for 38 minutes. So they it's probably, not like they probably, they probably should have won this game. Right. They, they, right. they kind of gave it – they gave this game away the well, same way West Virginia. Well, I mean, the, the way that you were thinking about it is like terrible. Yeah. Right. But just the, the way that you got to think about it is this. They gave this game away – the same way that West Virginia gave the game away to Texas on Saturday. Like it's yeah. just, it happens in college basketball. You can't really just um, look strictly at results. It's just kind of, you got to kind of see the big picture of how good a team is. And Texas is really good. They got lucky on Saturday. They gave a game away on, on Tuesday. Like it's, that's college basketball for you. Um, Elliot Dunham wants us to talk a little bit about LSU. So we got to give them their props, man. We got to give them their props. I guess. I mean, here's, here's my deal with that one. Like, I like Arkansas, okay? I, I do. And by the way, um, Texas now has two losses. And their only loss before that was to a Villanova team that, you know, is really, really good. So, <laughs> and, and we may never see again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they're practicing. Jay Wright had told me earlier in the week they might be coming back today to practice. So that, that's a good thing, I guess. Um, here's my deal with LSU beating Arkansas. I, I think Arkansas is good. But God, they have played the worst. Like they have beaten nobody, nobody. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Arkansas is just not very good. And LSU has not been great either. Like Watford was good yesterday. I just, I just don't know if I buy into this LSU team. Um, and I, you know, post Skylar Mays, like I feel like he just kept that team together through all the adversity. You know, started with Tremont Waters. He kind of kept them together as a point guard. But I feel like Skylar Mays was just the glue for that team and that program with everything they were going through. And now you just got a bunch of guys that I'm not sure how invested they are. I think, again, Wadford's a really talented player. Um, Javante's smart, talented, but he's not really a point guard. I, I, they just – I don't trust them. I don't trust them. And, and the way against Arkansas was a nice win – but again, right now, it's not a resume win by any means. Yeah, if, if they decide that they want to guard and they are going to go out there and we're going to see this team be like a top 50 team defensively, then yes, we can start talking about them as like very, very real and a real threat to get to the Final Four. But uh, as it stands, um, right now, they're just a lot of fun to watch offensively and you never know when the team is going to end up coming back. Yeah, I mean, Cam um, Thomas are- is, is he's, he's great to watch. He's so entertaining. Um, they're kind of like Iowa light is what they are. It's, you know, yeah. they can, they can put up, they'll score a hundred on any given night. I always got that guy in the middle that you can just throw it to and let him go to work. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, that's they're the not quite group. as good. It's they're kind of like what Iowa was last year. Maybe that's just the better well, way. To here's it. the thing. Here's the thing. Iowa can't really guard. LSU doesn't want to guard. Yeah. Okay, right? that's fair. That's fair. That's a good way to put it. Um, all right, so let's talk about tonight's slate. We only got about eight or nine minutes left before you have to go deal with your with your ticket, you renegade driver. Um, Indiana Purdue. Yeah, uh, I love Purdue. 
in this spot. Love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. I like them. I don't love them as much as you do, but I like them. Are you going money line? Uh, I, I haven't out? quite decided yet. I want to talk it through a little bit and see what you think. So here's here's my logic. Um, Purdue has won five straight, or they've won seven straight against Indiana. They won all five in the Archie Miller era. And the, the reason for that is um, part of it is like the start. Matt Painter just had like a much – it was when his program was at its very, very best uh, and when Indiana was in the process of changing coaches. So it's kind of understandable. Yeah. Um, last year, I would argue that Indiana was probably the better team, uh, and they lost both games that they played against Purdue. Part of the reason for that is Matt Painter, what he wants to do defensively, he's kind of pack things in the paint, make you shoot jumpers over the top. Indeed. And the way Indiana has built their team is through Trace Jackson Davis, who has not attempted a three-pointer all season long, without really anybody that can shoot. And we don't know if Armand Franklin is going to play or be healthy if he does play tonight. So, um, I just I think that the, all the matchup indicators to me scream bet Purdue, all of them scream bet Purdue, um, and you know I, I do the the money line is really intriguing. I don't know if three enough uh, three and a half points is really worth um, giving up. Uh, what is it like fifty percent of the juice on the bet? Yeah, I I, I worry that this game is going to come down to the end. Like I, I just I think this could be a a close game that Indiana wins. You know, so I, I'd want the points there. You know, I don't know if it's worth it either. I would take the points and take Purdue and say that, like, this is going to be a grinder game. And two of the better big men in, in the Big Ten and maybe the country, like, honestly, Trace and Trevion Williams are both beasts. So, they're, you know, it's going to be a low-scoring grinder affair. And I, I think it does come down. I don't think either team can run away, away from uh, one another. So I'll, I'll take Purdue. I'll take the points there. I like that one as well. Yeah, that, I mean, just real quick, that, that was exactly my logic because it's such a – like the total's 130, um, and it's going to be such a low-scoring game that, like, those three-and-a-half points are much, much more valuable than, like, three-and-a-half points in a game where the total's 160. So, yeah. Um, what else you got? There's a lot of stuff going on in the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm going to uh, go I'm gonna go out west. It, really, out west is where it's at tonight, and there's a lot of bad, bad games in the Pac-12. And it's the I, I, it's the bad matchup part of the weekend. Like right. we get, we're gonna get UCL. Um, I'm sorry, uh, we're gonna uh, get um, Colorado Stanford yeah. next uh, on Saturday. Right. We're gonna get Arizona and or, um, no, we're not Oregon. We're not. They're off. Oregon paused. Oregon. Oh, I forgot about that. We're not getting that. We're not getting that one. But there. Listen. Here's what I'm playing today in the in the Pac-12. I'm looking at them all, and I'm like, what do I do? Like. I'm just I'm laying the points with a better team in the Pac-12 on each of them, and just going to say there's going to be blowouts. Like Cal's not very good, we know that they've lost two games to Oregon State. Oregon State's not very good, so I'm going to take and Cal's without Matt Bradley most likely. So I'm going to take Colorado there and, and give the 13 and a half for sure. Uh, I'm going to take Arizona and lay the eight at Oregon State. I'm going to say that the home court advantage here in the Pac-12 is going to be meaningless for the most part. Um, that Washington USC one, real real quick for the record, the the line for Colorado is up to 15 now. It's jumped since we started this year. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I'm still going to roll with it. Um, don't love it as much. Arizona eight. Um, the Washington USC one. Scares me a little bit, but I'm I'm going to stick with it. I'm just going to stick with this plan tonight and go USC, give them 14 and a half, and then the same thing with UCLA, 
given the nine and a half and say, I'm going to win three of those four. And at worst case scenario, I'm going to split those four. But I, I think I, I feel good that maybe they're all routes because there's a big disparity between, you know, again, all those teams. Um, but the one I like the most, I think, the two I like the most on the West Coast, I like San Diego State at Utah State. Remember, Utah State is a program that has a rabid, rabid fan base. They're out of their minds. And they really lose a home court advantage there. They also lost a kid named Sam Merrill. Now, I know Malachi Flynn's no longer at San Diego State also. I, I just think San Diego State is the better team here. They're uh, they're getting a point and a half. I don't know what the money line is. Plus 112. I, 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 the line's plus two now. It's plus 112. I like that too. That's that's one that I had served with San Diego State. Yeah. I, I like that one, and I like BYU at St. Mary's. Another one that, again, home court advantage generally gives St. Mary's, to me, more than three points. It's worth more than three at St. Mary's. If you've ever been in that gym, it is a high school gym. I've been there multiple times. It is awesome. Rocking. I'll give you I'll give you give you a little bit of matchup logic for BYU there as well. Yeah. Um what St. Mary's wants to do and what they've always done under Randy Bennett is ball screen, ball screen, ball screen, ball screen, ball screen, ball screen, ball screen. They That's what they do. do that. I mean Kuzi's um, good, but he's no, not Kuzi's Kuzi's had a really, really good year. Not Jordan Ford. Um, he's not Jordan Ford. Um, but the thing is, so like Jordan Ford would come off those ball screens to score. Like they, they were one of the lowest assist teams in the league last year because all they did was had Jordan Ford come off the ball screen looking to score. Tommy Cousy is coming off the ball screen looking to pass. Um, and like everything that they do is kind of like ball screen roll man, ball screen roll man, ball screen roll man, hit him in the post. Uh, the thing about BYU, what they do really well defensively because they have Matt Harms and because they have some other big guys and because they have Mark Pope who's kind of built his defense this way is – Defend the roll man and defend the post. Like that's what their defense is kind of structured on. So it just this matchup screams to me like the advantage to BYU. I, I really, I really like it. I think that Matt Harms is going to be the best big guy. Can kind of take away what what St. Mary's wants inside. So um, I'm going with three again, three three small road dogs. Uh, I'm going to go Purdue. Um, I'm not going to take the money line. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the three and a half with Purdue tonight. Yeah. You talked me into it. Uh, I am going to take uh, San Diego State on the money line, yep. and I am going to take um, BYU. BYU on the money line. And I believe right now that is actually a pick'em. So you're not you're just you're just getting the uh, you're basically just betting straight up. Um, I'm going to add a couple other small ones potentially, or at least keep my eye on them. I already put in the Merrimack Mount St. Mary's over. It's one twenty and a half. One twenty and a half. I, I know these teams aren't offensive you know, stalwarts here by any means. But I, I just can't imagine they're not going to get 120 and a half tonight in that game. So I, I went Merrimack over. Uh, Joe Gallo, come through for me. My man, I should have worn my Merrimack shirt with my Alabama hat today. Maybe I'll go I'll, I'll go flip into my Merrimack shirts after this. Um, I think that's all I got for tonight. And, uh, yeah, I got I to gotta lock in now. I got to yep. lock in. Yeah, make sure you put it into BetSports. And if anyone listening to this has not downloaded the BetSports app, make sure you go do that. Uh, and you can follow us to get all of our picks there. Throughout the day, one of the things that we have been doing is putting in picks because as Jeff and I get information, mostly Jeff, I just kind of follow him. Uh, as he kind of gathers information, we can put in the bets and we can get it there before uh, maybe it necessarily um, get, get, gets, becomes uh, – uh, Oh, Stanford, Utah, by the way, also. I'm adding that one. That's the that's the fifth uh, Pac-12 
12 matchup there. I'm taking you, you love those Pac 12 games. All right, yeah, Jeffrey. Five of them. I'm going three and two, maybe four and one if I if I hit it right there. Uh it's all about the West Coast tonight, other than Merrimack. Score some points, Joey Gallo. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 